0: Hey, it's Adam. Thanks for checking out episode four of the still newish Wabi Sabi, a show that ponders about life through the lens of impermanence and imperfection. Today I bring you a deep discussion with my dear friend Justin Polgar of Yes Cacao. Yes Cacao is a wild harvested botanical chocolate company on a mission to change the way that people consume chocolate and reminding everyone to make a wish and take a bite. I've known Justin for a decade, and I've watched him take Yes Cacao from pretty much a spark of an idea to a successful Kickstarter-backed startup, all the way to seeing bars stocked on shelves as far away as in Boston. He's the minister of Yes, a brand new dad, a husband, and an entrepreneur. We spoke of parenthood, business, branding, and self-reflection while in the middle of Expo West 2019. For those don't, that don't know, Expo West is the largest natural products trade show in North America, most likely the world. Um, we recorded this interview at his booth, surrounded by about 80,000 Expo participants and upwards of 4,000 businesses, small to large, down at the Anaheim Convention Center. So please forgive the sound quality and the background soundtrack. And one more thing, I've just set up a Patreon page for the podcast instead of pursuing sponsorships. So listeners like you can support today at patreon.com forward slash Wabi Sabi podcast. That's W-A-B-I-S-A-B-I-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Thanks. Mm, Expo
1: West Um, is the largest natural products expo, definitely in North America. I don't know in the world. It's kind of... uh, um, We're told that it is. It's about 75,000, 80,000 people. Right.
0: And it's a trade show. So it's not open to the public. True. It's just businesses... Showing, showing off their brands to other businesses.
1: You to think about it like this. It's uh, as if you're walking down the aisles of your favorite grocery store. Yeah. Every product has a 10 foot by 10 foot booth at yeah. a minimum. Some of them have like 30 by it's 50 like, booths.
0: It's like a market the size of a convention center.
1: Yeah, and overflowing. Like Overflying. three buildings in a convention yeah. center.
0: Wow. And there's also an Expo East, correct?
1: There is. It's much more intimate. Um... Uh, Everyone that I've talked to that says, "Oh, I've only been to Expo East, uh, which is in Baltimore." Uh, they come here, they're like, "Whoa, this is huge!" So I haven't been to Expo East, not even to, rock, to walk the floor. So uh, my sense is that it's probably like the floor that we're on now is uh, what eleven aisles that probably have about twenty or thirty companies each per aisle and we're the bottom floor and then there's a whole replica of this on the top floor wow and that's just
0: this hall that's this hall and there are like 8 to to 11 halls this is the
1: little hall yeah and then there's the in the Hilton hotel which is just next door to the convention center they have the hot new products so I mean just to give just to give an idea it's like uh, yeah it's like Burning Man with the theme of natural food, but also beauty products, foods, like the uh, there's, you know, Bronner's does a whole thing here, there's vitamin supplement, there's even people that have different machines for packaging, there's like a whole area for that. Um, yeah, and it's a lot of new brands, and you know, one of the things that I notice is that I love, I love watching people walk by the booth and do double or triple takes, and then turn around and come and jump into the yes I love that I
0: love that I like how how we're also a podcast spectacle for some people who are walking by taking photos like oh look at these guys they're doing something with microphones and headphones. feels
1: legit <laughs> it feels legit oh by, by the way my name is Justin um, I'm the founder and the co-founder and uh, of a yes cacao where a wild harvested botanical chocolate company, uh, meaning that we take super herbs and adaptogens and things that are meant to go in our body to make us feel amazing, healthy, vibrant, vital, relaxed, all the things that you want to feel, and we sneak those into chocolate. It's kind of like a pill pocket where if I want, I wanted people to eat things that were good for them, but they won't always eat things that don't taste amazing. So if I sneak them into chocolate, then all of a sudden people are eating things, they're taking care of themselves while being in pleasure. Yeah. And uh, what I like to say is we're on a mission to change the way that people consume chocolate and have them start using it as a delivery system.
0: Because as I've heard you put so eloquently many times in the past, you say that chocolate is an ideal delivery vehicle for herbs or medicines or pretty much anything.
1: It's uh, one of the OG delivery systems. Yeah. You know, it's, um, chocolate's a vasodilator, meaning that it opens our blood vessels. You know, Actually, as as a precursor to that, I get a lot of people saying, oh, but what about the caffeine? People are a little caffeine-phobic. Right. Um, Chocolate doesn't have really very, hardly any caffeine, but it does have theobromine, which is a a relative of caffeine, whereas caffeine stimulates the mind and the nervous system, which is part of why people like that stimulation. It makes you feel like you're on top of it, kind of. Chocolate having theobromine. Theobromine stimulates the heart and the circulatory system. It really gets your blood system flowing, and so that's really what's delivering the herbs, teas, flowers, adaptogens throughout the body and bringing them where they need to go. You know, if your if your circulation, I was talking about this in a podcast last week. If your circulation is going to your fingertips, uh, that's a good thing because your extremities. If your fingertips are cold, you're not getting that circulation odds are your your brain is probably not getting that circulation Uh, maybe your gut is slow in its circulation and so that all really affects the way that we're able to metabolize things digest things uh, feel alive actually get rest when we're sleeping you know so there's a science to it but most of all it just it tastes good it tastes really good it's like my kind of one of the the motivating factors there
0: it's interesting how the history of chocolate if you think about it as a product or as something that's been you know proliferated and conquered by the likes of you know your share of Hershey's and Mars and all these large conglomerates um, who on the one hand they're spreading the awareness of chocolate but on the other hand, uh, adulterating—they're adulterating chocolate because what they're actually selling, what they're, what ends up in the hands of consumers, you might not actually be able to call chocolate.
1: In some cases, you can call it chocolatey,
0: chocolatey, right?
1: Yeah, and, and in some cases, there's wax and other preservatives and you know just things that are being delivered in the chocolate that are less than optimal for your system
0: which kind of plays into the sort of mass hallucination i'm putting that word lightly by the way but the mass hallucination of chocolate is bad for me so i shouldn't have it but i want it so it's interesting yeah
1: it's, not, it's still taboo. It's still Even taboo. when I talk to people who are like, well, you know, well, dark chocolate is good for you, I know, but there's this kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like I get to eat something that... Uh, there was a study, or actually a lot of studies, that are telling me that dark chocolate is safe to eat, and so I get to still be naughty uh, or get away with something. Um, and just as context, I eat, I eat a lot of chocolate, and I, I eat about a half a pound of cacao a day in the form of our yes cacao bars but also in cacao beans and cacao paste and smoothies and elixirs just putting chocolate into most of the things that i'm eating i don't know if most of it but i'm consuming about a half a pound a day and that equates to roughly 150 pounds a year a year um which is is almost my body weight it's like my my ode to cacao, it's my offering, where if it's food of the gods, theobroma cacao translates to food of the gods, and if you are what you eat, you know, I'm doing a little leapfrog here, but then I'm putting that into my body at the tune of the weight of my body annually. I think that there's some magic that's bound to happen. There's some, you know, there's an invitation for the download.
0: I think it's a big testament to a food product to have its founder and its personnel consuming and enjoying copious amounts of it. I don't know if, you know, the CEO...
1: It's not every food company or beverage company that, uh, are, that are making the product in such a way that they feel that they consume it.
0: Right. That they, that they celebrate it also personally. Or that they would enjoy it or invite it or eat it.
1: Well, a lot it's of artisan business. and craft products, I'll definitely nod to it. And that, that movement as, as it continues to pick up speed is really beautiful to see and just to witness the passion in the entrepreneur's eyes and, and the continual education. I mean, that's, that I think really, I see that translating to the customer's enjoyment and also more of a holistic circle of commerce. In that way, it's healing commerce, which is what's needed. Um, you know, there, Amazon can do almost everything, but maybe not heal commerce, you know, in a sustainable way. I and mean, it's definitely made it efficient, uh, but there there is some concern about the pace at which we are making things convenient. Right. Um, and can we keep up with that in a in an organic way? Not organic, like the certification but in that natural pace that the human being is optimized. Accustomed
0: to or optimized to yeah. exactly.
1: You ever get that feeling when you're in a car or in an airplane of like, wow. I didn't you know, I don't think my human system was necessarily designed or know, knew that it would it would go this fast across I feel like the land. every
0: every flight or at least every like cross cross ocean like an oceanic flight i get that feeling and then you also are experiencing it on the arrival end you know through jet lag and
1: when's the rest of me gonna get here
0: exactly and it takes time you know it may take days
1: i so. was i was listening to another podcast a couple of days ago uh, and i would do a shout out for whatever podcast that was but i listened <laughs> to so i consume so much content through my ears Um, and maybe it will come to me, there was a, there was a note or a conversation about how there was, uh, just like the earth is, uh, was believed to be flat and there was an edge to it that you didn't want to go over the edge. There was a theory, uh, I think in the earlier 1900s, that, uh, if you, if the human body went faster than, I don't know, something like 40 miles an hour, that it might explode. Right. Um, which is laughable now, but I know that we have limitations that we can assume and kind of even this space travel and these types of pushing the limits of what our physicality uh, knows as normal now. Even eating uh, 150 pounds of chocolate a year kind of thing. It's like, well, if you do that, you're going to be really unhealthy and you're going to gain a lot of weight and you're going to your heart, and the fat, and blah, 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 and, um, I think it takes some frontiering to push the envelope of that.
0: Sure, and, I, you know, I don't even know if, if, as you put it, 150 pounds of chocolate, if that sounds really extreme to me, because in my awareness, I'm, I know that you say chocolate, but it's forms, forms of chocolate, there's cacao, there's the powder itself, there's cacao butter there's the yes cacao bars that you're making there's you know there's different modes there mm-hmm. and you're, you're pooling all together i'm i'm really curious actually to kind of go into this one unique subject which is you know yes cacao as i've been in the periphery i've known it for nearly 10 years right i think 2010 i believe or maybe 20, or 29, maybe 2009, or definitely 2010, was from what I remember to be the beginning of Dance of And what can you say about this, this point that you're in right now? You know, like here you are in 2019 at Expo West, Moving forward, like or looking back, you know, with where you are now, it's like how do you, how do you take stock in the journey that you have been on with this company?
1: I've been reflecting on that exact you know, that, the invitation for an answer in this. Yeah. I've been reflecting on this exactly uh, recently, and you know, to get where we're going, and to I, I'm a dreamer in a lot of ways, and so I have these very large goals and dreams that uh, may take a very long time to realize. Uh, and a lot of it is just about celebrating the little strides, the little victories. And a lot of it is about giving ourselves pats on the back for, for doing a rebrand, for getting into a new account, for making a connection, for having an article written, for doing a podcast. You know, so that kind of a a reflection gives me—it gives me this kind of momentum. If I don't, if I have my eyes on the prize and this big goal that I have for changing the way that people consume chocolate, if I don't anchor the milestones along the way, I think I feel I feel lost. And I've gone through periods of that where I'm like, what am I? How am I going to get there? It's a little bit like a, a testing of faith in a way. So, you know, recently I've been, yeah, recently I've been really trying to anchor in the little victories that we have, and and that makes me feel, yeah, more like more proud of where we have come because now I can I can look back and remember when I was wrapping packages in these little foil squares and going to farmers markets and having people taste spoonfuls of this kind of, you know, before I, tempering chocolate was a part of my awareness. You know, wait, you know, that was about, yeah, 10, 11 years ago. And, yeah, I, I think in order to have momentum in, in any period of timing, we have to acknowledge what we have accomplished and stand on those stairs, you know, build those stepping stones so that we can can have a better view in a way
0: is that part of your, your personal ethos where you sort of balance momentum or mission statements or goals with marking milestones as you put it
2: I feel
1: like that's more of a recent awareness <laughs> for me um, Yeah, just having a desire to be in the present moment and not trying not to judge where I've been or where I can go or like what I think I can do um, you know part of my yesology program and study of what it's like to say yes and kind of measure that um, it's definitely part of the ethos to reframe wherever I am to be of benefit and along the path because this is a very relative reality that we're experiencing and that's when I say something is true you know, there's a difference between what's true and what's truth and very much so uh, I can reframe something to be beneficial for my present state Uh, and it's as true as something that reframes it to be more struggle filled uh, or more self-deprecating and it's just about which pattern I want to practice and pattern into my consciousness
0: well, speaking of patterning, you've recently been in, <laughs> inducted into the the lifelong pattern of becoming a parent.
2: Yes, I have like I have like forty-seven
0: <laughs> questions that come with that statement. It's like, how do you even begin as as you know? with Yes Cacao being a family business if I could put it like that
1: yeah I would say it's a family business Yes Cacao
0: is a family business sprouting a new person and balancing growth or as or momentum just take a step back how does that how do you find that that all works out
1: magically delicious (laughs) (laughs) just to date myself um it's new it's uh, to be honest and also vulnerable with that it's definitely shaken the ground of of my priorities and where my focus is naturally I I feel early in the in the entrepreneurial journey (laughs) speaking of kids that's amazing Early in the entrepreneurial journey, there's this need to. <laughs> there's this need to um, to work hard and a lot, and you know you got adrenals different in your 20s than you do in your 30s and 40s. So there's there's this idea of like I need to just work as much as possible, and more is better. And the more that I slow down, and actually having, when Orion was born uh, about five and a half months ago, the slowdown was not a conceptual thing that's happening in my mind. It was very much a real pace.
0: Right. Induced. Having never experienced it before, too.
1: It was an initiation. Yeah. I mean, it still is an initiation. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and that slowing down really is getting me to see where I want to put this valuable time that I have a lot of times we we see sometimes at near the end of life or as we've lived a lot of years the hindsight being 2020 is there's a oh you know slowing down is is good in the way that it's allowing me to appreciate things I I rushed through life something like that I'm I'm putting my quotation marks up Uh, but also at the beginning of life there's so many strides. The learning curve is so fast that slowing down to witness every step forward is a it's a time dilation. So you know that in the in the meta conversation, conceptual timing and uh, how to look at time and slowing down and speeding up. Really, what that's looked like is my real desire to spend more time. With my little boy, and uh, and find ways to make less doing do more. Yeah. And then there's plenty of tools. You know, like uh, I was telling you about uh, Ari Lesser, and, uh, Ari Meisel. Sorry, Ari Mizell, uh, who does the less doing podcast. Yep. Yeah. And uh, obviously with Tim Ferriss and the 4-Hour work week all, all these strategies for using technology to assist us in doing more with less time uh, by working smarter. Um, and I don't know if there's just this core belief inside of me that I feel kind of lazy if I'm not working really hard, and I'm really doing I feel my like best it's, to shake I that. feel like
0: it's a gene or it's like some part of our DNA, and it's different from person to person. I don't want to interrupt you. I don't want you to finish your thought, but I, I was like, oh, I have this, there's this nugget that like, I feel like it's a weird time. I mean, we're new parents. I mean, my daughter's almost four. I still feel like I'm new, meaning new in the sense of like, I still don't know what I'm doing.
2: Your but there's big. definitely
0: like strides, longer strides, period of, period of strides. But there's this interesting. Two-sided coin I experience with like an, almost any parent that I speak to about parenting and in, in the in you know in the world of 2018 2019 for the most part I find that people are are wanting to work smarter and not harder mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good thing that probably speaks to you know the four-hour work week and and automating some systems so that. Again, you put in less hours, but the output is is still there. And then you still have these old school people who are like, I'm going to work as hard as I can for as long as I can so that it's better in the future, right? So that I buy that house or that I make my kids college fun now, but then I can hang out with them when they're like 15 or 18 all these hypotheticals, you realize like all of it's a hypothetical and all that we're left with is just right now you know, just your five month old son and so yeah I I say kudos, especially with someone who's you know, running a chocolate company I don't even know I don't even know the scope of what it means to be doing that you know year over year for this long period of time and then to introduce parenthood into the mix it's like there's no rule book there's no guideline or if there there's is, no nothing
1: nobody is has... I mean I've definitely gotten both solicited and unsolicited yeah. advice and maybe if I had written these tokens down some of them would apply but Nothing's really real until it's real right here in my in my experience. Most of the learning is in the subconscious, I think. Yeah. Is in the witnessing. And if I, when I slow down and witness, <laughs> this is when I witness life unfolding, um, especially through the eyes of a five and a half month old, that does a lot of the work there. Like There's an organizing principle at work at work there and yeah I I would say that in in general my mind is usually feeling like I have way more stuff to do than I can handle
0: that feels natural yeah
1: and also surrendering in that way I think for a lot of people that know me they think I have this very calm disposition uh, where I'm like almost too relaxed where it doesn't seem like I'm stressed out I can relate
0: to that yeah,
1: yeah I think we both we share a cup of tea on that one um, but I'm just really good at keeping it inside I'm not trying to energetically put it on other people it's my responsibility what I'm experiencing uh, sharing my stress likely isn't going to minimize it solving solutions sometimes helps but a lot of times it's just surrendering to the pace of things like there's a timeline and then there's a timing and the more that I rock and vibe into the timing the less taxing it is on my psyche and also the more rewarding it feels because there's more surprises in that perfect timing pace uh, and I and I feel like I have more more availability for wherever I am to be in the present moment
0: Right. Nice to be in this kind of a stimulus heavy environment and to like find yourself just taking a deep breath. Uh, and this expo is several days, correct? It's like four or five days? It's,
1: well, it's three days. We're in the North Hall, which mm-hmm. is say small to medium companies. Uh-huh. And this is like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The bigger hall, which is small, medium, and large companies, would be. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so uh, it's nice to stagger it like that. So technically it's three days, but like while I'm here, I'm going to network, I'm going to walk around, I'm going to meet people even after we close our booth at the end of the day, which is in a, f- a few hours. A few hours, you know, after three days, there's a little bit of a, a victory and a finish line. So and this is the last
0: day of your booth here. Yeah, this is the last yeah. day of our booth
1: here. Yeah. I've been really just enjoying, now that we're sitting at the back of the booth, just watching people, you know, they're walking down the lane, their eyes are a little bit glazed over from everything, looking a little bit the same, but they're looking for something, they're not sure what they're looking for, and then their eyes connect with the yes sign that we're sitting in front of, and then you you see their eyes squint a little bit to read, what is that going on, and then open a little wider, and maybe even smile, and then the curiosity, brings them to the booth and they want to, Well, I want to try this. I want to, what is, what
0: is this? Yeah. It's funny to, to notice how people are giving themselves permission to, to dive into their curiosity and to like inquire or taste or do the double take or the triple take.
1: I call people out on that. If I see someone do a double take, I say, excuse me. I, I invite you to follow that. (laughs) Follow your subconscious and your intuition to uh, what I'm feeling cold to that. We filter through, I think. I think that there is something um, very much uh, guided at shows like this. It's such a high concentration of humans with similar interests and just like Burning Man it's a similar thing at any, even at like a car shows that I've been to where people are very passionate about one particular thing and everyone's gathered and enjoy about one particular thing. Um, When that happens, there's magic, there's synchronicity, Um, even just, you know, just us talking about that and uh, two women who are the founders of Baby Gourmet uh, just walk up to the booth and I had a lovely conversation with them a couple days ago and I said, they'll come down to the booth and just... Nice to sit to speak synchronicity and then see something that I've been I'm just waiting for something to happen, and it appears, so there's a, there's a nice magic in that.
0: How do you experience <laughs> It's funny to even think about jumping from topic to topic. You just kind of want all you can think about is or all you want to talk about is the experience of being here because it's so immersive. but <laughs> as an immersive experience. You've been. You said this is your tenth year participating in some form. I mean, this is your fourth year as a as a, with a booth. Mm-hmm. Fourth year with a booth. But tenth and, year coming.
1: Tenth year coming. Either helping companies or just cruising around and being a little a buzzy a buzzy bee.
0: How can you speak to an experience like this that is seemingly? I mean, I'm assuming it's a consistent experience year over year. It's the same infrastructure. It's the same grid. The same like jumble of we're just going to throw these thousands hundreds of companies between three and four thousand three and four thousand companies into a convention center and just let stew you know between watching brands unfold or watch or even watching you rebrand uh yourselves which is really beautiful by the way Thank you. Um, it's a, you know, looking at your, how your product has evolved over the last nine ten years. I can look at your product right now and say that it's, it's, it speaks volumes by itself. It's basically telling a story. It looks like a book mm-hmm. and it's like inviting you to open this book and then to consume its knowledge.
1: We're, we're so just is so playful. That, yeah I, like I, I'm so interested in the consumer experience and this is something that you have a lot of uh, you've spent a lot of time thinking about and Manana uh-huh. chewing on uh, on the, the human experience uh, of consuming uh, be it music or uh, idea commerce whatever it is and and, and this this new chocolate packaging you know, it had to be ecologically responsible. It had to be intelligent in its design and uh, cute and artistic, but also effective in its functional sharing of, of information. I can't be there for every single time someone picks up a bar on a shelf, but how do we sub me out? I mean, I, I joke about this, but I don't think it's that far out where I can walk up to a store and push a button next to a product and a hologram of the founder or hologram experience comes through and you can learn more about what's going on there. Yeah. I mean, I can't be that far off.
0: Having these uh, these virtual ambassadors, if you will.
1: Yeah, demos, it would just change the way that a demo is done. Yeah. Though, uh, though you wouldn't get to taste it so much. Yeah. Le- but maybe, you know, since smell and taste are so intertwined. No, now we're having a whole virtual eating thing. We might as well be pranitarians. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, just back to marking growth and seeing progress through the the face of the brand and their packaging. Uh, I, I'm so so grateful. Like the design team that we worked on was really patient with how deeply intentional it wasn't so like wham bam, you know, here's off the shelf. We could just put these things together that have worked in the industry before and just throw it out there we were so much more intentional about it thank you and um, yeah you know just in in coming to this show year after year it it occurs to me that if you have something new to share you kind of got to have something new to share at at these shows uh, to give something that's uh, kind of buzzworthy or story worthy like oh we have a new flavor or we have um, you know a new rebrand coming through um, so it, every year it is a little bit different in in that you get to see how you've grown
0: yeah right the experience of, of interfacing with other companies and other brands gives you <laughs> It gives you this means of, of, it's like a way of reflecting on where you are and how far you've come, pretty much. It's,
1: it's, uh, it's humbling, actually, yeah. in a lot of ways.
0: It's, yeah, it's also humbling to hear that your experience of being here is, is marked by, you know, like definitely elements of community, you know, like befriending people and the people behind specific brands and how you've, you know, you took me through a walkthrough here just a few minutes ago and how you can sniff out when a brand is, is clean or not it's, that's that's amazing to me I and mean, that speaks to yeah, the years of experience you've had coming through here
1: I might definitely say that most mo- of the 3 or 4 thousand booths that are here there might be 50 or 60 that I'm attracted to, sure. or ha- I would have a sample from, Sure. Um, yeah, and I mean, to, to each consumer their own, and there's a certain cleanliness, there's a certain, I know it's possible to create in the industry, and... You just have to care about it. Yeah, it's easy to take shortcuts, there's a lot of opportunities to... Uh, to not use a top shelf ingredient or, oh, well, it'd be easier if we just say natural flavors because that might protect us for six more months from someone copying us, whatever the reasons are. I get very skeptical when someone puts natural flavors, and I want to know why. Why don't you just tell me what that is, first of all. Second of all, um, oh, look at that. We just got a whole... Kombucha shipment to the booth. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm giving permission for that gentleman to take a bar. Yes, he's been participating. It's great. You see people in the industries. Like, I, yeah. I know Elric has uh, helped make the chocolate bars in the kitchen before. Yes. So having, you know, people in nodes yeah. of different times, maybe that was two and a half or three years ago, yeah. for him to come and see this, it's like, oh, I feel connected to it. Yeah. And I've seen it grow. I want the people that have participated, you know, you included Danny Katz, obviously, who's who I used to make the chocolate in her kitchen. Yeah,
0: yeah all, those know, all those years ago.
1: All those years ago. I want all of... All of this family and this community to know that there was a big hand in helping this grow. Like this is our chocolate company. Even though, yeah, it's my chocolate company. It's like feels better to me to say this is our this is our collective project that's come through because I'm often inspired and lifted by um, by that. Uh, <laughs> we're just. <laughs> People are just people dropping are just, samples. Like, Here, take like, things.
0: They're like they're like donating things to an altar. <laughs> they're just like giving gifts. I like that way of saying it. That's, yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah. I know that on the last day of the show, there are people that are walking through with suitcases of stuff, just dragging samples. Amazing. Yeah, I mean it's amazing and uh, and a little gluttonous. Yeah, and also a little bit. There's an expectation too, like with a lot of companies. That
0: I'm going to go to this thing and and walk away with a ton of sample.
1: I mean, there's there's an interesting line that's drawn right there, where at the end of the show, I'm not trying to dump all of our products that we brought with us. I'm like, oh, I'm bringing this back home. I'm going to keep strategically using this valuable product that we've handmade and feel connected to, not like I'm going to put this in the big bin that people can just grab at the end of the show. And wherever it goes, it goes. Or if it gets tossed, it gets tossed. This is part of our marketing budget. You know, there's there's a lot of ways to do this, to do this show, and you know we just we just continue to show up really intentionally. And the the food system, just to zoom out, I I think the food system and the way that the supply chain is built, it's a little bit broken. And. What are the things that we can do on a day to day and when we show up to things and just our choices with waste of the food and packaging? like what are the things that we can do to to make changes in those little increments so that over the course of time, like when Orion, when my son is you know eighteen or twenty years old, he doesn't have a real fucked up planet that he, it's on him to now fix, kind of thing like we we have a certain, you just actually to bring it back to the desire to spend more time with our children. Yeah. There, there's an opportunity to embark, to um, imbue, and impart consciousness, awareness, lessons uh, to to our children. You know, to, I, I recently have been thinking like kids are like AI. You know, they're they're learning everything that you do think, say, how you express your emotional intelligence, yep. they're picking it up as their framework, and, uh, you can do a lot, you can do a lot for someone, for your children's life, by paying attention in the early years, and being present in the early years, because so what if you can, Yeah, you know, so what if you can, uh, do the practical thing for the first 15 years so that when your kid is older, you can hang out with them. But are you going to want to hang out with this kid that doesn't have the influence? I mean, maybe. It's a little bit of a crapshoot, at least for the way that I think about it. I want to do everything that I can every day. Even, like, being here at the show, and he's up in Santa Cruz right now. I'm aware that, like, oh, I... I'm missing some developmental days. you might yeah, be crawling when in I get in back. The
0: first in the first year, I mean every few weeks there's some crazy crazy developmental leap and yeah, that was interesting. And I, I, I was I was going to be another question I thought about asking you like, you know, how often as a business owner <laughs> in the natural products world, you know, and you're also like the face of your brand and you're, you also do demos and you. You know, how often do you spend time away from from your family? You know,
1: I would say it kind of depends on the season a little bit. Um, And I've only really had a couple seasons uh, of being in a a nuclear family. In general, the chocolate season is October to April, and so for most of Orion's life, it's been chocolate season. That said. I have been, as I've been pretty present. I mean, I went uh, for four days around New Year's to Aspen to surprise my buddy on his 40th birthday, uh, which was a, a wild success. I love surprises. You know, when you just like jump out of a closet and someone's really not expecting you to be in a different state or something.
0: I feel like these days they're rare. Surprises are rare.
1: I invite uh, listeners. Dear listeners, look for opportunities to surprise, because there's a wake-up in that surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, there've been a few clusters of a few days. This is uh, four. See Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So five days. Uh, this is probably the longest that we've been that I've been away from him, um, and my wife, who you know, we stay in touch via Marco Polo and FaceTime and we're talking the phone. Um, but you know, that doesn't... Yeah, that doesn't substitute. Doesn't anything. substitute. So there's... Uh, just the... And I've talked to veteran dads. You know, people have been dads of dads. Um, and when I was on my journey to becoming a father, there's there was... I had a concern, I was like, you know, I really want to make sure that I'm spending as much time as possible being present with my, with my kiddo. And they were saying, I've gotten this message consistently, is just that you want to do that it's a big, is a big, big thing. And, and that you will make it happen. You will design your life. The opportunities that come and would take you away from that, are you're not going to entertain those. Um, in the same way. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful to have a really beautiful relationship with my, my wife where we're madly in love with each other and then Orion is in that bubble. We want to hang out like we're best friends you know And now Orion, I'm getting to, to design m- my best friend. You know I think like these are long-term relationships. Yep. So um, being an active participant in this, like I, I get to take responsibility for this on a, on a pretty real way.
0: Uh, so. It's a huge... Yeah, again, no one really tells you that it's such a big undertaking to like craft a human who's going to be living in the world and being, you know, being a human, consuming ideas and resources and ways of communicating and yeah i think that really says a lot about i guess i guess to be kind of uh you know cliche about it for a second but to be self-aware in this generation of our impact on the people that we're raising right now it's, it's pretty cool It's actually really This really cute baby here I saw him waving I was going to wave back at him But he already looked away
1: He was definitely Signaling his yeah. mom To come he to the booth wanna,
0: Yeah Nor does he really want to I think be in this harness That's actually my favorite harness The baby Bjorn there The baby there? Bjorn It worked well for us
1: For a forward facing Or both uh,
0: Both Yeah That's the one thing I miss So I would You know Again Here's another cliche thing. From one dad to another, <laughs> is enjoy the the baby carriers and just having having him up against you because that uh, it doesn't like disappear. It just completely changes as he starts walking and talking and wanting to watch movies and, and just it's again the experience just changes over time so much.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: was thinking about that and that I had told um, I had told Orion you know we I, I, t- I like talking to him like yeah. he's a human totally I, mean, I also go into celestial tongue with him and just go into like it's full. a fine
0: it's a fine balance
1: we're channeling some languages that I don't know how to put into words to communicate to him yeah and he gets it uh, here he feels it he groks it and uh yeah, what was I? I was telling him something along the line of, of you know, thanks for, um, you know, for for growing at the pace that you're growing because, you know, as I'm hoisting you into the air and picking you up and, and kind of using you as a, a living weight, uh, a weight system, like you're my little gym. Um, you know, you were seven pounds and then oh, and then you became eight, nine, ten. Now you're sixteen pounds, and I'm like, if, if I can just keep on lifting you and holding you. Until you're about 13 or 14 years old, I will be r- a ripped dad. <laughs> <laughs> I will be in really good shape. T- just like, just tossing my 14 year old in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there'll be more wrestling around, I think. So it's in- interesting, because like I, I don't quite know if, uh, you know how so- he's, he feels like a soft kiddo. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 I would like to imbue a sense of grit. You know, I was talking to, uh, to Danny about this yesterday, actually. Just the importance of having sensitivity as far as your awareness is able to perceive things, you know, your senses are tuned in, but, not, uh, but still having that grit of being able to, to, to take a certain level of the human experience is not being easy, and that's okay, um, or not being comfortable, and that's part of it. Don't avoid the uncomfortable.
0: Right. Which, I mean, we can speak for hours about how suddenly, when you look at every, play, and you'll learn this as you know he starts walking and running around. But every playground that exists now that's been built now is a soft, padded. There's no wood, there's no metal in playgrounds anymore. Like we, like we grew up. There's no sand, wood, and metal. It's all bouncy, you know, like 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 shock-absorbing floor. They're training him
1: for the moon. I swear.
0: Maybe. Or this speaks to you know the whole grit, the whole grit thing. Like I totally feel into. You know, especially with my with Cora, you know, our kid who's. A total three-nager. He's like three <laughs> going on like fourteen right now, and she is. She's like, totally, taking over all of the playgrounds that are deemed for older kids. That's another thing I didn't notice. When I grew up, when we grew up, suddenly when you go to playgrounds now, there's like here's the little kitty. Area and then here's like the here's the structures for five to twelve year olds. Like they're deeming this is safe and appropriate for this age group, and this is for the other age group. Which I never know. And again, you don't notice these things until.
1: I mean, even a, a playground as a concept, I feel like used to be like a just tree. Just one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: A tree with a rope swing maybe, tree,
0: or that's oh, another thing. Rope. Rope is gone. Uh, or it's only within a really specific structure. Like some maybe some like you know maybe maybe there's rope in a climbing structure. I don't know. It's it's at this point it's funny to think about just discussing
2: <laughs> a, discussing the screening. the
0: perfection versus imperfection of playgrounds. I just have viewpoints on them, but but yeah, again, my like kudos to you to not uh, choose the exhausting path of you know helicopter parenting because I I see my fair, I've seen my fair share. Of helicopter parents who are terrified of their kids being bruised, cut, falling. and then We forget
1: what we've experienced. Exactly. You or
0: know. if just because maybe they grew up experiencing that doesn't mean they should deprive anyone else of that. Because um, it's only natural. Yeah.
1: It's natural for parents to want their children to not suffer, not have yes. a hard time... And the, mm-hmm. taking that to the extreme is actually harming the children more. I, mean, I, I think playgrounds are where you learn consequences. You know, I have very specific memories of uh, like hanging on monkey bars and falling and like yeah. hitting my head and getting a big yeah. bump.
0: Yeah, a goose. What is it? A, a goose, goose egg. A goose egg, yeah.
1: And, uh, and then knowing to be a little bit more mindful next time or just knowing how to set boundaries for myself and knowing that you know consequence is not a bad thing it's consequence it's with pattern so trying to figure out this three dimensional world coming from basically like a five dimensional world and then kind of orienting our physicality we we got to step across lines push against things and if everything's padded Prior to our experience, then, uh, you know, what what kind of boundaries and what kind of human beings are we raising to uh, to take the torch? Yeah, you know, or like, don't touch the torch. It's actually just a it's an LED light with a little a, a flicker paper. Right. Right. Don't put, don't touch fire. Even though we may come to a time in the next generation where they need to remember how to build a fire. Yeah. You know, depending on how we use our energy. Um, I'm optimistic about the future, and I think when you, when you have a child, there's a, a vote. You know, it's like I'm voting that the future is going to be better. It's going to be better.
0: Yeah, I share that sentiment. I, 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 I reframe it in a way that, that I think that the way I say it is, when I became a dad, I had to become a professional optimist. Mm-hmm. Which also is kind of alluding to like not that I was necessarily a, a negative person or a cynical person before becoming a dad, but I was definitely like I had my sort of sprinkle of like I don't know maybe nihilism in there and like well you know the earth is this or think you know systems are fucked or you know capitalism is you know, all these all these. Even those sound cliche at this point, you know, on this side of, of, of parenthood. But, yeah, becoming a parent is, is definitely signing up for it's voting for optimism. It's like a vote for yes. A vote for yes. Exactly. I see that.
1: And I actually, you know, uh, Marianne Williamson was giving a talk at, uh, I think it was Symbiosis, at least a handful of years ago. Uh-huh. And... Uh, she had said to the audience you know uh, all of you out there who are of the age of having children and who have had children young children stop trying to fix the world outside and just focus on raising great kids and you baby boomers and you who have already raised kids get on the fucking program basically and you guys solve the problems that you basically have contributed yeah. to Yeah. Um, and it's going to doing the same thing that we have been doing and expecting a different result is obviously sounds like lunacy when you're saying that and yet most of us do that pattern over and you know we live into that because there's a certain desire for security um and leaping into the unknown is is, though wildly alivening seemingly far away when you're about to jump and i i want to jump more yeah um, and and rub my you know polish my evolutionary genie's lamp and just keep polishing it keep on pushing myself to to be present for that For that pattern shift. I mean, the first step I think is being aware of what's going on that's not working. Yeah. And then the second step is being available for a solution without trying to jump to it and being uh, having a a male body and feeling uh, feeling aligned with the masculine. I'm, I'm more on the masculine side of the spectrum between the masculine and feminine dynamic. Um, you know, we're not. I'm not going to go into the shadow of the masculine in in this conversation, at least. Uh, but in the light side, and in the in the part of the masculine that we we, we do want to celebrate, uh, there's a solution finding that is that is inherent in the masculine. Uh, but there's a timing element uh, that that really uh, makes us not stubborn or it kind of it takes the the force out of it and really allows power to arrive uh, am I making sense with, with what I'm saying it feels a little bit etheric it's uh,
0: etheric but I get it
1: what about you listener hello <laughs> ear hello the ears that are listening are, are you guys grokking that you know what I'm, I'm wanting to Im- impart is that n- I see an opportunity for a solution it may not be the right timing to just dump it out of my head I don't want to kind of check into the consequences the rings of that solution before I just try and do it to fix it to a, so I don't have to feel something that's not comfortable like that kind of a thing
0: yeah mm. which you know, I think at its root, is just self-awareness. And I love this.
1: I love this because, you know, for, for having known each other, we met on Cinco de Mayo in 2009. So 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah, Hallelujah. What a great Cinco de Mayo party. <laughs> that was the roots. That was the beginning of a lot of beautiful friendships and community. Uh-huh. And this is... A normal conversation for you and I. I mean, yeah, yeah we weren't dads before. Yeah. And uh, even you, you, your daughter's eight times as old as my son at the moment. <laughs> something that like that. Sounds so old. Um, you know, we we've been doing this exploration of reality and evolution and how to better ourselves and really just trying to grok the human experience. And uh, I love that this platform is. Is becoming a home for you to do that. And I, and I, A, I'm really glad that you came here to Expo West. I'm glad that I suggested that, hey, let's do a, li- you know, a, a podcast live. Do on a podcast, scene Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I
0: forgot to even tape it. I could have put my phone up. Great.
1: It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot. that part actually, I mean, we, we need another outlet. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting okay. better. Yeah, we're, we're, getting, we're evolving. Baby steps. Next. We're going to celebrate the live podcast. Exactly. We're <laughs> going to celebrate that we were able to come together, make something happen. And uh, yeah, I, you know, part of me and my yes journey is when I identify someone that I love, doing their yes, sharing and expressing themselves at the cusp of their comfort, but also very naturally in what they're here to do. Uh, that I support that yes, I'm a cheerleader. That's the kind of leader that I, I feel aligned with being as a cheerleader. In that, uh, go do that thing. Go be and follow your yes. And, and listening to you, listening to your previous podcast, and then being here now, yeah. I'm like, yes, this is good, Adam. More of this. <laughs> and we're only going to get better at
0: it. It gets better and better. Well, this is the. I mean, this is the first time doing it in this kind of environment. So it's yeah. I mean, like and like even like sitting and drinking tea for 10 years and practicing that practice. Coming to a place where I always want to feel like it's the first time I'm doing that. Mm. Whether it's different gear, the mood that I'm in, the day that we're experiencing, the weather, all those things. I wanna take a similar <laughs> approach to this experience because there will, <laughs> there will be no like You know, stop and go like the same experience every time I do it. It will be different every time. And that's, you know, it's funny, like to avoid perfection, consciously avoid perfection in that manner, the whole like kind of Zen mind, beginner's mind, Um, which, again, I feel like that in and of itself is an hours long conversation.
1: This is uh, the Wabi Sabi as a a podcast long conversation it's
0: a long conversation,
2: exactly. several so,
0: volumes yeah it feels like with the reflection that we've done in this last hour it's a good moment to kind of jump back I don't know is it, is it a good moment to dive back out or do you feel I feel like I can go into other on other topics but I also feel content in the here and now
1: I'm going to push us to just talk about Wabi Sabi for a second. Let's do it. And also, I'm just looking at the booth, and there's, uh, I don't know, like 25 people in front of the booth right now, and yeah. it just seems like a lot to jump into Yeah. from this uh, peaceful space of on couch at the, bath of the back of the booth here. Um, oh, great. All kinds of people that I'm wanting to come here. Um, <laughs> I'm grateful for Justin and Danny yeah. holding it down here. Um, Wabi sabi, and that art and practice of uh, of avoiding perfect.
2: Ooh.
0: Yeah.
1: There is inherent in the entrepreneur's ju- journey. Being in the entrepreneurial journey, it just seems like a more sane thing to do is to embrace wabi-sabi and know that there's no finish point that I'm striving to or trying to get to some place where it's like over I I don't uh, in that way I feel very much aligned with the wabi-sabi I feel very much aligned with uh, at least my perception of there's no beginning or end to the journey so much at least in any way that I can put my finger on, from where I am right here now. Right. And so, in in that way, it's perfectly imperfect right now. And I'm cool with that. And the then the entrepreneur voice in me is like, "But you better you got to do, you got to grow, you got to do better, you gotta, um, you gotta push yourself. I, I want tomorrow to be a better." imperfectly perfect than today.
0: Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't... It's funny to talk about the notion of wabi-sabi, which, and the way we're talking about it, it's not a purely aesthetic thing. It's it's more of a, a perspective or a worldview, or even I mean, like a lifestyle, if you will. I mean, the way that we practice tea is... I don't go for the same result every time. I'm not going for 20 steepings. I'm not going for a goal of sitting for 90 minutes or, you know, I am, I am, I'm not even using a, a scale to weigh, you know, three grams of this kind of tea in a 130 milliliter gaiwan. Um, to me, there's a danger in in uh, dogma. I don't know, dogma. I guess is probably the best way of saying that. I was gonna say the science, I mean, you know, because science is like analytical. It's taking in the data points and, and measuring so specifically. I and not even that I feel spiritual about it, but I just I I want to not. I don't want to aim. This isn't archery. You know, tea is not archery for me. Even this, the notion of, I mean, how I imagine, I don't run a a chocolate company like you do, but I would imagine that, yeah, you you are going to have sort of a bow and arrow or archery mentality to running and growing your business year over year. And then there's this, you know, the the notion of wabi-sabi being just as you say, you know, like today is, is perfectly imperfect or, you know, this experience at this expo will be perfectly imperfect. And if you wanted to compare it to last year versus this year, you could do that or not. It's, you know, for me right now, I, I love looking at just how so many different kinds of people in this in this place together that's what I appreciate you know, and and I very much you know I take I never know what I wanted to call this show yeah. even if I don't even think of it as a show I'm not even really presenting something for people like specific for people to consume I just want to, to feel like people are maybe present in the conversation, you know, like, I like this whole sort of unscripted, unedited, freeform, stream of conscious, inspired or uninspired conversation that I get from specific podcasts that I, that I enjoy, like, you know, the Joe Rogans and stuff like that. But because I was thinking about this for probably well over a year, not knowing, well, what am I going to call it? Because what am I going to talk about? Because I actually want to talk about everything. I want to talk about life. I want to talk about all topics. But then I thought, well, I can I can have one touch point for all topics, and that touch point is what we understand to be wabi sabi—the
1: concept of uh, of the incompleteness of things. Yeah, and you know, I I'm curious to see how this podcast evolves um, and what you from what you set out to do, and you were intentional about how you started this. And I think in in respect to and adhering to Wabi Sabi as your guide, um, and also just listening to your intuition about where it goes, I'm excited to hear. There there may be several episodes that are super focused on sure. tea or uh, dadding yeah. um, as a verb uh, to dad. Um, I'm excited to have more conversations with you yeah. about that and, and also just knowing dads um, of several ages who are doing it really good we are just doing an awesome job and just being in that conversation with them and even from the outside sometimes it looks idyllic sure. and perfect and then you get into the conversation and it's like oh good it is a wabi-sabi and then you're not alone in that and uh The the first night of Expo, I went to a dinner that was put on by uh, Gerber Financial, and they've supported a lot of the larger companies, uh, a lot of familiar companies that people have seen uh, and and see and participate and and consume. And uh, we had gone around the room and talked about the challenges of growing and the kind of the story, the mistakes, the ways that we have... Mm-hmm. The ways that we have uh, gotten to where we are, kind of a thing, and you just don't hear those stories. You don't hear the. This is They're when I fell on, on, on my face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's so helpful. Uh, it's so helpful to hear that, and, and even just speaking that and wanting to share about, uh, you know, just to share about the struggles that happened in in building this. I mean, just the time that it has taken from concept of chocolate as a delivery system and you know struggles with coming up with money to do things and having ideas and uh, maybe not having the support or the team of people around to execute it in the way that I wanted to, uh, learning that lesson, uh, printing packaging that has the wrong thing on it, you know, a whole host of things that yeah. happen. Yeah, it's a very in your face wabi-sabi. It's a very in your face, this is where we missed the mark and this is this is an exercise in hearing that, not reacting to it but responding to it so that we don't have the same experience again and again Um, I wonder in in deeper levels of wabi-sabi if there is uh, (laughs) I wonder if in deeper elements of, um, of wabi-sabi if there is a is, is wabi-sabi uh, at the cusp of perfect and imperfect or can it just be in the in the belly of imperfect you know it's like if you have the same experience over over and over ovary and ovary you have the same experience And that, and we don't learn our lesson and and evolve. In that, is that still in the? Is that still the imperfection of Wabi Sabi? You know, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, you, hello, you, who is listening to this, um, I'm hoping that you're, you're cruising along in your day or evening, and maybe we're accompanying you on a late night art project or driving across town or maybe we're drinking tea together um, I hope that that you're talking with us as you're listening with us and making your comments I wish in podcasting there was a way to kind of to comment differently than just leaving reviews
0: well if we were doing like a live broadcast maybe through like an Instagram live simultaneously there could be there could be a, more yeah, Q&A. The, the, yeah, more Q&A stuff. So that's um, something to think about. More
1: interactive. More interaction, exactly. We, we vibe, we feed on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if we want stretch, to stretch deeper
0: in or do you have any... I think there's a... I think, I think it's a good question to pose. I mean, my first answer is I think it's all those things because as someone who is... I know I know and feel wabi-sabi as well as I do which I can't objectively <laughs> speak to knowing it as as well as other people could you know it's, it's such a sub, I think it's such a subjective thing um maybe the aesthetics are more objectively quantifiable but I don't think it's so much the edge it's more about being in the belly mm. you know I feel like even right now, at the age of 35, being a 35-year-old human man in the world, uh, I think that's a, that's, that's a pretty wabi-sabi experience of the world and systems and parenthood and relationships and capitalism and careers and all these things an amazing time to be an alive parent. Yeah. And yeah, I totally want to, you know, focus on on dadding more in the future.
1: <laughs> you know the face that you watch both children and adults when they try something new? Um, just the curiosity. There's a lot of that going on in this show. Um, there's a... Pina Paradise. It's a, like a pina colada kombucha that's being sampled whoa. at the moment. Whoa or wow? It's a whoa. Uh huh. not wow. 3% alcohol, also. Oh, this is like a pineapple situation. Yeah. Not for me.
0: It's just, it's like, I feel like it's.
1: There's a Teddy gram in there though, <laughs> like a <laughs> cinnamon Teddy
0: like, gram. like oak barrel Teddy Graham.
1: Mm. Uh, I like the uh-huh, uh-uh. yeah. uh huh uh uh Yeah, you know, it's like sampling so many different things and also saying no to, also saying no to um, a lot of samples.
0: Yeah, I think it's healthy.
1: Healthy. First, the first couple of years I came here, just kind of just learning how to. Yeah, learning how to learning what happens when you take everything and then trying to not take everything and then maybe the third year was like I'm only going to ask for things I'm not going yeah, to take
0: I'm not just going to take samples yeah can,
1: can I have this kind of thing and they might say no and that's cool as long as they're really aligned with that no and it's coming from a strong and definitive space when people say hey can I can I take this box we have a new rebrand out for display and there's only a few we have, these are just prototypes and um, I mean, a lot of them have been swiped. When people ask, "Can I take this?" we go, "No," but we can give you another sample. Um, it's funny that some people are just really stunned that they're not allowed to take something. Like there's a, there's a you, you have a booth here. You you owe me, you owe me things. Kind sure. of vibe from some people and sure. from other people. There's a, a gratitude. Sure. So. There's some beauty in that, in that uh, diversity of human that's coming to the plate, and uh, we're in we're in the center of of the booth here. We're in the center of this yeah. booth. We're um, we're we're being looked at like we're there's this. Um, Hey, can, we, can I talk to you? Can I not? I mean, we have these giant microphones in front of our face. Oh, well, with the pop filters, too. The pop filters. So there, there's definitely something. You know that that uh, when like you're wearing your headphones? It's like a boundary, yeah. It's like when you're wearing headphones somewhere and someone like doesn't know if they should yeah. interrupt you. Yeah. The, which I realize when I wear ear pods, like those yeah. Bluetooth really small ones. Yeah. And sometimes people don't of, know. People don't know that, yeah. And then I get the interrupting barrier doesn't actually... Yeah. Doesn't work as well as the big honking over-the-ear yeah. headphones. I think I need to go back to that. Yeah, it feels good.
0: Yeah, big headphones do feel good.
1: Right. I have small ears. Yeah, they hear big. They they're good listening ears, yeah. but they they're very small. Yeah. So when they're held in the in the big cushion of a headphone,
0: it's very satisfying. Yeah. I just got my first pang of hunger.
2: Crazy since, to be since in.
0: breakfast. You're in the
1: middle of like so 3, much. Three thousand
0: food. food samples.
1: There. But it's snack.
0: It's snack going you know.
1: That's what we bring I have in my bag in a, I, I'm pretty sure I have a giant bag of spinach. Having a fresh green thing that you could just chew on, there's it's pretty valuable. I could probably sell uh, spinach leaves. Just individual yeah. leaves uh, down the hall here. Yeah. What do you uh, do? You got a specific hungry for? Because I could probably point you in a direction. There's some tacos over there. There's an Impossible Burger over there. There's. Uh,
0: I don't know if I'm feeling of- Impossible, though. I do love where they are placed there, as I observed. There, the Impossible Burger is placed in this quadrant of like meat, jerky, like jerky, 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 and things. And seeing the queue for Impossible Burger was just like, wow! I think the organizers of this event, whoever the hell put them there, is. Um, I think they put pretty, themselves there. They put themselves they, there because um,
1: you know when you're selecting your booth, you can kind of see who else is around. You can. Oh, there's a
0: prioritize. I thought I thought the other side I thought they were just placed I thought they were placed there poetically by the organizers of this event. So that
1: maybe by the organizers of the event <laughs> exactly. the big meta event yeah. that is happening. Yeah I mean, there's only, there's only so many options when you get to the table until I think if you've been presenting and if you've purchased a lot of advertising and opportunities for marketing year you can accrue points and then have more priority right Um,
0: based on placement and stuff
1: of course if you don't go for a year if you like abandon your priority one year you lose all of your points yeah but what is this point system really what am i at summer camp do i get like starburst at the end of the week or something i can cash in my my golden eagle points for some stickers right um, maybe more attention, more eyeballs.
0: That's what it is, though. It's really just validation with the point system at this point, or at least maybe in this kind of a kind of a place.
1: You know, in our previous packaging, people really had to ask. What is this? It's beautiful. What is this? Now I see people really spending some time reading it and taking in, kind of seeing if they can figure it out on their own first yeah. before they ask. Which is a this is a nice nod, a nice nod in the in the positive direction. It's so really there's it's about an hour and a half from uh, from the end of the show. They do a whole bell. It goes off and then everyone claps and it's this whole thing and then there's the breakdown and everything. And I kinda miss it. You know, you get down to the to the end of it and you're like, Wow, that was that was fast. I've been preparing for this show for months. And uh, and then at the end of the show it's like Wow, that was a that was a whirlwind. Yeah. I'm glad I have my my whole uh, notepad with all these contacts and a whole bin of business cards that I can follow up on and the the value of the show is very much in the follow up sure you know, so when people ask how's the show going it's like I, I think it's going good
0: yeah I mean it exists as a temporary village where all these people you know cohabitate and then you're dispersed back into the larger world and then you follow it. So it's, getting, it's 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 not unlike any other festival really. It's like Burning Man or, you know, just focused on <laughs> the bottom line is commerce.
1: Yeah, this is definitely in a commerce model. Yeah. And you know, for for a lot of people this is the gathering space. You you really only see some people once a year. Here yeah. Once a year. So there is that that uh, but there's kind of an excitement and a buzz and you might talk to someone on the phone or uh, on one of the video chat scenarios, but seeing someone in person or walking a few aisles with someone that you really only see once a year is is a pretty special thing and hopefully you have enough energy to, to really be present yep. for it and, and up for it. Yep. But if you don't have energy, you can always walk down the... Booth number three forty-seven for some mushroom coffee, or some go get some really amazing kombucha down at booth eight forty-two. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of modulating of your energy that can happen here. Yeah, and we try and be one of those. We we are one of those booths, very much so, where people can come and enjoy some enjoy some functional chocolate and feel a little kick in their step, or just chill out a little bit or something. Hmm. The wandering eyes of curiosity That are passing by What is this? What am I looking for again? Why am I walking down? Have I eaten? I should drink some water What's water? That's <laughs> uh, goodness it's, uh, it's not normal um, or often observed in podcasting For having periods of silence Yeah I can feel my My discomfort with that mm. Oh no, what if the audience is not being entertained They're just listening to uh,
0: Well yeah, this, you know, it's this a buzz. Soundtrack It's almost like a soundtrack Of the background noise
1: I can hear in our monitors yeah. that there's, there's still, there's a buzz of conversation yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm really grateful to be here and to have the time with you and to witness the rebranding of Biasca and to see how it stands, you know, like with and next to all these other brands. I think it's, for me, a really interesting, given me a really interesting perspective. And to get to enjoy... You know, talking about being parents is a rarity for me. It's something I am now, and realizing we've spoken about it, I'm craving it a lot more. So, I look forward to the next dad drop in. Dad drop in, maybe even up in the forest. You know, up in Santa Cruz, something like that.
1: Come on up, come on
0: up. The redwoods are waiting. I just love. I feel like I love the randomness of the of the. You know, like you're next door to like chicken nuggets, (laughs) you're across the way from drinking vinegar, chai diaries, and chai, and it's just, it seems, it seems love like random in a loving way, you know, it's not, I thought like, I, I guess I assumed that like all the chocolate companies would be in like one hall or these rows, and I was like, no, maybe that doesn't, that would be overwhelming. We just like chocolate because we're going from all these chocolate companies.
1: Yeah, I need it. I, I like the staggered, the staggered uh, beverage, uh, yeah. jerky, um, some funny powder, yeah. uh, French macaroons donuts, Thai food, Korean barbecue. You know, it's like a very. Uh, it's staggered so that we can find the things that we need in the in the moment, in the moment yeah. just by being inspired by our senses. I'm glad that you can come and see this and somehow magically we had one pass and I was like, this is Adam's pass <laughs> one pass left, I think this is Adam's pass we're going to have a good time we're going to have a conversation and it's just coincidentally coincidentally going to be recorded and shared and we're exploring that we're exploring what it's like to be in a conversation that uh, has a feedback loop mm-hmm. and and um, yeah, I like this being unattached to format Yeah. in podcasting this is a lot more accurate to when we're sitting down and drinking tea or just yeah. talking there are periods of silence where uh, there, there's, there's dialogue happening mm-hmm. it's just not audible
0: exactly yeah and I appreciate you being skilled in that too you know Silence is uncomfortable for many people. Uh, or the pace, you know, the cadence to a conversation could be jarring for some people. So, I mean, I choose. This is episode number four. Or this is, con- you know, recorded conversation number four. So I'm being cognizant of that. Um, and, yeah. And I, I just like the whole feeling of, you know, feeling like I'm starting something, but there is like a the profound level of comfort in it, as though I have a lot of experience with it, so.
1: You've been talking for a while and listening yeah. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. About 30, years. Now I'm just doing it with gear. Exactly. Yeah, and you're doing it in with, with gear in a very public place. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the center of a commerce, um, giant incubator of, of networking. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of different types of humans here in this room. I'm really glad I'm sitting next to you. I'm very grateful. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the marketing is hysterical. Like this this guy walking by with a giant bag that sucks.
0: And it's for mints. Thank God that's good. I like that. Whatever grabs the you know, it's a lot of competition for grabbing eyes in a in an environment like this.
1: That's how we use our practice safe chocolate uh, little condom coins. <laughs> condom coins. Looks like a condom, tastes like chocolate. <laughs> Justin Feldman's working really hard here. So is Danny Katz. These guys are my champions.
0: Yeah, I wanna give him a break. <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> we'll we'll launch in. We'll let them do some some bites. Thank you, Adam.
0: Thank you, Justin. I look forward to next time. Congrats on finishing in, you know
1: your fourth year. as a good congrats, congrats on finishing your fourth podcast episode. Thank you. And um, may the Wabi Sabi force be with you. <laughs> and so it is. Indeed. Thank you.
0: Thank you again for checking it out. Hope you enjoyed. Hope the uh, background sound wasn't too much to handle. Uh, Once again, check out the Patreon page. That's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Wabi Sabi Podcast. That's W-A-B-I-S-A-B-I-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.
2: Thanks.